This is the A. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. It's a little loud, I know. No, not loud, just... (laughs) This is the A where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! The A is all, as always, we are sponsored by Central Works and New Play Theater, headed by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. Happy post-Thanksgiving. Happy Hanukkah um, for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and as always, we want to thank our uh, wonderful um, consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And we have a wonderful guest. We have C.J. Manning. We call him, uh, I'm sorry, C.J. Strickland, but we also call him uh, Curtis Manning. Curtis, Hello. how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing... All your identities. <laughs> we're just putting it all out there. No, yeah, uh, yeah we were talking. Uh, professionally, you are C.J. Strickland. So for those oh, nice. who are looking Correct. for a fantastic uh, actor. Very Cool. Uh, and uh, you're going to be in um, a chorus line. Yes. Oh, a where? Line. A Panole uh, community players. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. It's just, we just got casted, just started rehearsal. Congratulations. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be fantastic. And as all, uh, obviously, we know you as uh, our James Baldwin. You won a FAMI Award. Uh, yes. With uh, Plethos Production, that was a uh, was it last year or the year before last? It was last year. It was last year. Yeah, with COVID nineteen, my timing has been totally off. But man, same, <laughs> same. <laughs> but it was a well respected uh, reward for you for your portrayal of James Baldwin, mm-hmm. and I think you'll be involved in the James Baldwin project. We'll talk about that, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. Oh. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> that's very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Norman, as I begin our podcast, how is your week? Couple of weeks. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, no, we, uh, we, we Hanukkahed. I ended up having the nicest Hanukkah. Um, so Mara and I have been having major discussions about whether or not we have a Hanukkah party. And given that it's eight days, you, you would think there's some flexibility there. But uh, this was a discussion and we finally decided the last day we would do we bought potatoes she was gonna make latkes and then she got sick oh. and so i had friends richard was gonna come over and Talavera, with a friend yeah. richard talavera was gonna come over and i called to say dude i don't know where you are he said he'd be in the city and then he would come over and i'm like don't go to my house please don't go to my house <laughs> And so instead, we ended up going to another friend's house. We had a beautiful little um, meal. We lit the candles, which was great to kind of celebrate the last day. And then, um, and then a friend, Tanya, said, let's do a tarot reading. I was like, yay. I'm, 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 oh, tarot I'm, cards, yeah. Yeah, I'm a student. <clears throat> so, I, saw, I saw you had some pictures on Facebook. It's my cover page now mm-hmm. because what we did was three. It was who are you, you know, or in, in the context of this reading, who are you? What is it that you are asking or what is it that the universe is, is offering you? And what is the next thing? And I loved it. So if you're curious about that, look at my Facebook page. You'll see on my cover page. And if you know anything about the Tarot, you can give me your interpretation of it. I, I just loved it. I thought it was fantastic. All right. Well, what and the show, go ahead. <clears throat> the show is ending. Uh, great expectations. We've had a fabulous run. And now we are finishing. We are so comfortable that this week I have been... So I was saying as we were walking back in, mm-hmm. um, I have put all my stuff onto index cards. Because there are scenes where I do not have a line but I have to be holding a door or getting ready for somebody's change, or I'm just there. Um, we have really no set. 
we have <clears throat> benches, stools, chairs, and doors, <laughs> which are freestanding. So we are carrying these doors around and moving them all over the set. And keeping track of all that just became impossible. And then characters. I play three characters. I have three British dialects <laughs> that I am wow. exploring. Um, so trying to keep all that straight. And then the director did what you would do in a full rehearsal process, which is to spend some time exploring. What do we do? We want to use the doors here. How do we make a wedding cake? Is that big enough? Can we do something else? <laughs> we did all kinds of different things. And a lot of those ideas didn't make it in the final product. But they made it on my script. So I couldn't read my script after a while. I was like, oh, am I supposed to go to four or am I supposed to go to six? Am I in this scene or am I not in this scene? I just didn't know. So I wrote it all out on index cards. And every, up until this weekend, this week, um, because we've been running Wednesday through Sunday, six shows a week. Um, So up until this week, I've had, and I'm not the only one, had my cards out. Um, one actress had her script backstage. The other one had his script in the green room. Mm. Um, we have been trying to keep track. You come off and you're like, what do I do next? What am I supposed to be doing? Where am I supposed to go? And this week Even is the, the first week, week where yeah. I'm like, I know what I'm doing next. I know where I'm going. Or I can stand there for a second. It used to be this panicked run sure, to sure. look. And now I'm like, it's it's done. And we've had all kinds of wonderful folks come out from, you know, we've had people come from Marin Oh, wow. I'm like, you drove all the way here from Marin. I wouldn't do that. But <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your that, support. That is, that is awesome. No, that's fantastic. And it, it's, you know, when I think about the life of an actor, you know, you're always, every time I'm doing a production, my mind is never at ease. I'm always right. thinking, okay, I, let me run through my lines just one more time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what was the thing that went wrong last night or something like that? Jeez. <laughs> I, I, I yes. can't even, I try not to think that way. Yeah, exactly. Because it just worries me. (laughs) There's too many things to go wrong. Right, right, exactly. Well, there have been a couple of uh, current events. There have been tons of just court issues. I mean, I'm I'm just going to run through the list and whatever, you know, just jumps out. Of course, yesterday, the Supreme Court Court, uh, made a ruling, a Pyrrhic victory, I would call, for abortion rights. Of course, it does really nothing to stop SB8 in in Texas. I feel so bad for women in Texas. I mean, if you you are getting pregnant, you know, by your father or your uncle or whatever, or just a Mm -hmm. boyfriend who promised, I promise I'm not going to impregnate you, Jenny, I promise. Right. But he does. If you don't have money, you're you're stuck. So it's it's really really horrible. And there have been a couple of articles about how Justice Roberts doesn't have control over the courts anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's that that's going on. There's uh, the Crystal Kaiser case. So in um, we haven't been around in a while. But, yeah. So Kyle Rittenhouse that happened in yes Kenosha, Wisconsin. Also right. in Kenosha, Wisconsin, a 17 year old girl was uh, made a prostitute by her pimp. Went oh. to a uh, trick's house. The trick roughed her up. Mm-hmm. She killed the trick, burned mm. his house down. Ooh. And now Kenosha, Wisconsin is prosecuting her for murder and saying, at first they said, the affirmative defense won't work for you because you have to prove that your life was in danger. Well, of course, she's a 17-year-old black kid, you know, who's been a made a prostitute. Uh, but because wow. of Kyle Rittenhouse mm-hmm. successfully did the affirmative defense. Of right. course, he's a white 17-year-old kid. Well, uh, come on. I mean, you know, he just took a 
semi-automatic weapon to a protest. I mean, what could happen? Right, exactly. How it's can he possibly know? It's absolutely crazy. So, yeah, so there's that. Uh, there's the Anthony Broadwater. That's the guy who was let out of jail after 18 years for false for being accused of raping uh, a woman, Alice Siebold, mm. who put, pointed her out in a lineup and 18 years later, she's like, oops, sorry. And it's really amazing how that happened. I don't, did you hear about this, Curtis? I have not heard about this. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, imagine, imagine, I mean, us black men, you know, we're three black men here. Someone says, yes, you, you know, and so she was raped. Siebold was uh, raped. Mm. Um, but I guess because it was dark and, you know, she had her hand, her Mistake face was covered. Identity. Uh, mistaken identity. Broadward, Broadwater, who was, I guess, a teenager, both were teenagers at the time, tries oh. to talk to her. Hey, oh. you know, can I get you a good number? Mm-hmm. He's black, she's white. It, this happened almost maybe three hours after she was assaulted. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. She, the police says, hey, do, is there anyone who we should suspect? It's like, well, you know, there was this guy who tried to talk to me afterwards. You may want to talk to him. <laughs> that led the police to, you know, sort of railroad things, and now he was put in jail, and all these years later, you know, so so yeah okay so that went on 18 years it's it's hey it's horrible now um a black couple um you mentioned Marin County. Folks mm-hmm. came from Marin County. So in Marin County, a black couple perhaps their house appraised. I'm sure you heard about this. I didn't know it was Marin County. Yes, it was. Yes. I, wow. When I read the article, I thought it was somewhere in the Midwest. But yeah, Marin right. County, Northern California. Yeah. They appraised their house, and they appear, you know, as a black couple. This uh, white uh, realtor says, "Well, it's about maybe less than a thousand, less than a million dollars." Right. They get uh, bring a second appraiser in. This time, have a friend of theirs who's white right. say, "Oh, this is my house." Right now, it gets praised to one point four million dollars, yep, yep, yep. and now they're suing. Yep. Wow. I, I'm There's more... an industry here. This is a possibility. <clears throat> white people can go, "Hey, let me be. Let me be your friend. Let me be your homeowner friend that mm-hmm. helps you appraise your house. <laughs> All you got to do is pay me an extra ten thousand dollars. Yeah, we'll get you five hundred thousand dollars. Do you right. Mar- do you right. Mar- think about that? I mean, not that you're trying to appraise your house or to get money or to I, sell it or whatever, but I don't know if Mara thinks about it. I I this actually happened to us this week where it was one of those moments where I said, "So Mara, you are a little white woman. If you go and you talk to those people, you may get some help." If I go and I talk to those people, they will look at me like I might be panhandling or something. Mm. So I don't do that. And 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 I had to say, let's let's talk about this proactively. Let's talk about how we can use this. We have a superpower. I am male. You are female. There are situations where me being male will help us. So yeah. let's use that. <clears throat> you are white. I am black. Let's make sure that we recognize those situations where the white face is what's going to get what we want. Mm. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, there are privileges. There's privileges of us being men mm-hmm. that women don't have. There are privileges that folks have who are white or whatever, or even being women. You know, because yeah. you and I were talking about identity. We were talking actually yeah. about yeah. Dave Chappelle and just the whole oh, talk of, uh, of, I love of, that one. Of, of identity and how, you know, you can feel empowerment mm-hmm. by 
identifying yourself and having people recognize you mm-hmm. uh, in, yes. a, in a certain way. And sometimes that works well. Sometimes it's horrible because, you know, some people have privileges better than other people. So Right. That's so true. I find it interesting how we have to walk in this world now. Yes. Yeah. I'm so uncomfortable just being <laughs> out because I'm not sure what's going to happen. Like, even being right. at work, I'm always on guard because mm-hmm. I just don't want to be surprised by anything. And right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's honestly surprising that little me looking down you know would never have thought years later that you are still talking about racism now you're Mm -hmm. still dealing with it and you are living uncomfortably in your body right even though we're 2021 everyone's hashtag woke but not really you know yeah (laughs) oh no the anti-woke movement is is powerful right (laughs) now Well, here, here's a question for you, Curtis. I mean, so we, the Armand Arbery case, that finished, and, you know, those guys were um, were sentenced. Were found completely guilty. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that going on, of course, the... Um, I feared for my life. Did he threaten you? No. Did he have a weapon? No. Was he coming at you? No. no. Did you see him doing something yeah. wrong? No. no. And the Dante Wright case is going on. That's the uh, the cop that shot the black person. Very similar taser, to what taser, happened. Taser, taser, taser. Taser, taser. Whoops, that's a real gun. How do you oh. feel as a black man? That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's what I'll ask you, Curtis. You know, Because me and Norman have a perspective as being uh, boomers and Generation Xers. You're a millennial. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Uh, do you feel safe, unsafe? I mean, it, there's a bubble in the Bay Area, but how do you feel? I feel extremely unsafe. In the Bay Area, mm-hmm. in general, like I walk to work. I my work is around a corner from my place, mm-hmm. and I feel like anything can happen from there to there. If a cop who is driving decides, oh, there's a black man by himself, let's see if he's doing something wrong, right? And then all of a sudden, I'm the next hashtag, yeah. and I'm like, oh, well, he lived and he's gone, and there he was. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate. Have you ever have you had, had any issues with the police or anything like that? Actually, this kind of oh, hits home because um, my uncle, his name's Kobe Friday, hmm. he was shot and killed by David hmm. Wells in Stockton, California. Oh. Um, yeah, and my grandma, she Denise Hall, she's actually fighting really hard to try to get his name out there and get yeah, everything yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And it was like a five-year battle. Um, unfortunately, Mr. Wells is not charged. Yeah. Is he <laughs> is he a cop or is he... Who, he's a police officer. Oh, I see, I yeah. see, I see. Um, and he's a part of... It's him and some others who are... They've constantly had this issue. They've constantly had this mm-hmm. issue, and oh, they, they get acquitted. They've had, they've had priors. They've had they've had past issues. Interesting, yes, interesting, interesting. And wow. they still they're still they still keep their jobs. He didn't even lose his job or anything. There was no threat or anything. He just got acquitted. And right, no, that's that is too yeah. Common. Yeah, it's it's so different from, uh, I mean, I read it in, well, I was about to say the papers, who reads papers anymore, but I see it online, but it's very different when it hits you home. Um, it's it's wild. I read a paper last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> no, I was doing a medical student, uh, medical, 
I do role play uh, a gig where you role play with medical students. You, you have a condition that you are, they have to find out what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. And we sit in the room in the gown <laughs> waiting for the next student to come in. So I bought the newspaper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually got the um, examiner for free one day. Yeah. And I sit there and. Well, it's, I think it's, it's it's completely free. It's it's amazing yeah. how the newspaper. I mean, physical newspapers. Yeah, it's that whole genre. Because the new the regular paper is like two bucks, and I'm like, I... I'm not putting two bucks <laughs> in the machine for that. No. And on a lighter note, uh, well, Michael Strahan just came back from space. Everyone's flying in space now. I don't know what's going. on. I didn't on. even know who he was, and I read that. <laughs> yeah, but also, so a company named Maramed made a 850 pound brownie. Medical marijuana brownie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying to kill somebody? They are oh a weed company goodness. in Norwood, Massachusetts, to celebrate National Brownie Day, which was December the 8th. Okay. And the oh, first question uh, I had was, what are they going to do with it now? <laughs> right. Right. Are they going to just split it in portions and give it to everyone or something? I know. They would have to. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine one person just taking that. <laughs> I would hope not. I would hope not. But that's <laughs> <laughs> a process. Hey, you can have a hell of a party with an 850-pound <laughs> weed brownie. Damn. You can be partying for a week and not know it. <laughs> right. All right. And with that, CJ's uh, Strickland, a- a.k.a. Curtis Manning. Let's get into an origin story. How are you, where were you born and raised? I think you were in Los Angeles, right? Yes. I was oh, where? Bo- uh, I was born in Los Angeles. I was actually born in Compton, California. Yeah. Hey. And then I moved, actually, every two years. Mm-hmm. Kind of after that, but I stayed in uh, Los Angeles, California. I lived in Anaheim, Gardena, Buena Park. Um, I, I know. I grew, I've been everywhere. I grew up in that little area, so the foothills. Yeah, you know, Covina, La Puente, Claremont. Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah, and you have siblings. I know you have a sister, right? Um. Yes, I have a sister and a brother on my dad's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I try to keep in touch as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and then, but I am on my mom's side. I'm the only child. I was raised as the only child my whole life, actually. And then I moved to the Bay Area probably like my freshman year, and I found my people. I would say, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, for the yeah. most part. Um, I found theater. Uh, which did you came find it? In, a, did you find it in high school? Well, I was in in the Heights in my senior year of high school, mm. but mm-hmm. in college, I didn't know I wanted to do theater. I actually was like, "Oh, I think I'm a major in communications or something," because I didn't really know mm-hmm. what I wanted to do. <clears throat> and then one of my teachers, uh, Rachel Powell, she was like, "Oh, um, come check this class out for me for next semester," mm-hmm. and it was an acting class and. After that, I was in love. <laughs> Literally, I was in love, and I, I couldn't get it away. So prior to that, you didn't do anything like in high school or, let's say, as a kid? Like, uh, did you do any artistic stuff? Oh, um, okay. So in high school, I did do choir. I was in choir uh, freshman year my senior year as well. Um, before that, in middle school, I did band. I mm-hmm. played the trombone for seventh and eighth grade yeah Yay. i wish i would have kept up that skill because mm. the trombone was amazing i don't oh, you know can I, pick it back up true that is actually very true i've mm. been thinking about it very hard um and then before that I was in like church plays or here sure. and there so yeah it was a piece of my life like here and there but for some reason i never thought oh i can actually do this you know yeah. i was never mm-hmm. i guess because i never thought of it it was never encouraged like oh you should actually 
do this, you know, and mm-hmm. then my mom saw me actually acting. Um, I believe it was probably one of my Chabot plays, and she was like, okay, you need to do this. Like, Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. she encouraged you. Yeah, my mom is definitely my milestone. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Is your dad involved in your life? Was he involved? Um, he was not involved as much. Um, he has reached out recently, and I prayed a lot. I prayed so hard <laughs> to uh, see if I should even give him the time of day. And I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? Time, life is short, and what is the worst that can happen? You know, I don't, yeah. I don't like to harbor any hatred or anything <clears throat> in my heart, and so. I'm opening that door in my life recently, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's a that's a new that's a new step in itself. I hear wow. you, and I had to go through something similar, ironically, with my mom. When my mom had a lot of uh, drug and alcohol issues. This is my biological mom, and she missed out on so much stuff. I mean, I did so much theater stuff at Duke Ellington and also NYU, mm-hmm. and also you know things here in the Bay Area, and. Because, you know, she just drifted away, from, not just from me, but her, from her entire family. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. it, it is really odd because, you know, usually it's like the mother who's, who sticks with the family and the father's the one who drifts away. But there are all sorts of ghetto stories that happen. But I had to also reconcile and deal with that. And it was ironically on a Thanksgiving in 1997 where I didn't speak with her for 12 years. And wow. we reunited. So, and that was a wonderful That's thing. That's funny. Thanksgiving is weird that way. So, I don't know if I mentioned <clears throat> it, uh, if we've done a podcast since uh, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad just found a brother. Ooh. Oh. Actually, wow. his grandchild, my niece, um, found the brother. Mm-hmm. Um, she did, you know, uh, 23andMe, and then she did some oh, research. Yeah. And she got in touch with the family. <laughs> and my dad, who was an orphan and thought of himself as an only child, is no longer an orphan and no longer an only child. And oh, wow. we did a Zoom call on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And it was a trip because the look on my dad is usually a very verbal person. Yeah. He was just quiet for most of the call, just mm-hmm. sort of staring and just sort of, you know, into himself. And I'm like, that's got to be a trip. You're pushing 80 and you just found out you got a brother. Yeah. Man. So there's always time. There's always time to, to find that connection. Yeah. And sometimes true. time is the best thing because there were times where I could not approach my mom because mm-hmm. I didn't want to and we just weren't, both of us were not ready. Uh, sometimes you have to hit the wall. Sometimes you have to be like, you know what? I've, I've got to reach out. And, you know, it's I not just it. your job. I it's his it. job. Right. Yeah. Well, you do it for you. You don't do it for them. Exactly. That's that's what it was. Because for a while, like when, like I said, it was he was like pieces. It was like he wasn't a part of. But there was pieces where like he almost tried and then just disappeared. Mm. And so during those pieces, um, I still felt very uncomfortable. Yeah. In the setting, because it was just like I don't know him. <clears throat> I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like how's this how's this gonna play out? And then. Um, just maturing is just realizing, you know, you don't do stuff for other people. You do it mostly for yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about forgiveness. Like, you know, do you, if someone asks for forgiveness, or someone even doesn't ask for forgiveness, do you forgive someone even if they don't? And, um, you know, we had a bit of a back and forth because, you know, I, especially in, in law enforcement, you know, we, you know, in a court setting, it's like, listen, if a person, pleads not guilty sometimes they have to say listen not only did i do it but i apologize you know you have, right. they have to allocute that's what they call it and there are a lot of individuals who want 
to be forgiven, but they don't ask for forgiveness. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm very funny about that. But in any case, cool. uh, so I'm hoping that, you know, you and your father, you know, that'll that'll happen. It, and it'll happen naturally in time, I'm, I'm hoping. Um, and Chabot, did you have uh, Linda Amayo Hassan as a teacher? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love Linda so much. Yeah. I love Linda. Yes. Matter of uh, fact, she's going to be involved in Playground. I think she has a piece um, in the coming, uh, yeah. which I'm directing. Yes. I'm not directing her piece. Yeah, but, you're yeah, directing I'm directing uh, December 20th. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good to know. I'm going to note that. I'm going to note that. It's uh, going to be a lot happening because um, one of my castmates also wrote a piece that's mm-hmm. in. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys are performing on the 20th? 20th. It's uh, Monday the 20th at 7 o'clock. It'll be Best Frankie of Playground. Savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of, not Best of. It's a Monday Night Playground. Monday Night Playground. So Sorry the season that. is called Monday Night Playground. It's the third Monday of the month. And and this one will be uh, pieces inspired by holiday songs. Yeah, Ooh. Uh, not so. Um, shoot, what is it called? Um, I forget the theme. I forget the theme. But uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be Christmassy. Yeah, that's gonna be exciting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We should talk about your piece. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mention anything. <laughs> but in any case, yeah, it'll be great. Linda Mileson has done so much great work, especially at the Paterno stage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cheer story of a dreamer. You know that got another recasting, oh, and um, and so she was your teacher. What was she like as a teacher? Oh, Linda. She, Excuse me. What? Bless it. She opened my eyes. Mm. Like, I, I, I was just thinking about this. I was like, every time I've had a new director mm-hmm. or that much i am always learning something new like you can always learn something new and so yeah. mm-hmm. linda literally like uh i was a part of the first uh cheer yeah production i was part of the first cheer oh production. you were in that yeah i was oh, a cheerleader shucks. actually right on, right on. Oh. i came up with the cheers <laughs> i helped come up with the cheers actually. Oh, that's but, awesome um, yeah but um i learned so much from linda she wears her heart on her sleeve and she really really cares about theater yeah. it's always enlightening to see the person actually like care about what they do you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah both her and her husband dove hassan has as just uh they've been working really really hard with theater and uh it's great that she's influenced you i want to give you a compliment i mean of course you were part i think immediately after you did in the heights you were cast in Foreman in Paris. Yes, that's <laughs> correct. The mm-hmm. first production of uh, Plethos, and we were talking off mic. Usually a production, you know, you put up a production, it has its run, and then it's over, and then people just move on to other things. But with Foreman in Paris, I mean, you know, Priya, who was never inv- who had been dormant as far as doing, you know, being pr- produced after Foreman in Paris. Now she's part of the board of Plethos, and now oh, nice. she's doing... Uh, stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and getting active work. Right, you're part of the board yes, as of right I'm now. Part of the board. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I forgot to mention this earlier <laughs> when uh-huh. we, were, we were talking, but me and Corinne just had a conversation, and I'm also the new executive assistant of Plato's Productions right. as nice. well. I told her mm-hmm. I want to help as much as possible because I believe in everything she's doing. And yeah. I'm just like, I mm-hmm. I know God is opening doors, you hey, know, hey. and I'm just like, you know what? Let's, I got you. You need mm-hmm. anything? Let me know. Like, 
let's let's do this. You know, no. I was holding it off for quite some time. Mm-hmm. No, that that is awesome. Well, I mean, I remember during the production, you weren't just an actor, but you know, you were helping, uh, you know, painting the stage and setting Damn. things up, and <laughs> you know, even during things strike. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, you know, you were very dedicated, but also I remember during the production, you were the first person off book. You know, you were oh, very, yeah. very dedicated. Do you remember that? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's that okay. process was just so. You I know, totally forgot that actually. <laughs> with a new script and yeah. trying to configure a rehearsal process that is going to put us on a stage. Because I yes. know when we got on the main stage, I know a lot of the actors kind of like, what the hell is this? Oh, I know. man. The, bl- it was the, the, gr- the blue screen of death or the gr- whatever they call it. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> where, where, you know, the blue screen is like a computer freezes, like you freeze. It's like, okay, I think I know my lines. Oh, now I'm on the main stage. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, and we were doing it in a little space. Right. And suddenly I'm off on the side of the stage and I don't know what I'm doing or where I'm going. And once they figured it out, it all came together. And I had, I had worked knowing that, but mm-hmm. watching that first day or so of... Oh, yeah. Okay, no, you don't understand. I was trying to tell you, you're going to make a cross that is two-thirds of the stage before you start speaking. <laughs> right, right, right. And we didn't have space for that before. Yeah. But, I mean, the discipline of just being off, because when you're off book, when you get right into the text, <clears throat> you can take that book out of your hand, and you can actually do things. You can move around. You can mm-hmm. actually explore the text yes. and do all that stuff. And you did that, and you were one of the first. You and Joshua were very, very disciplined. Yeah. And I imagine that has to be the technique that you got from um, from Chabot College. Definitely. Yeah. Ac- well, it actually, that actually was in gra- was in me since choir, which uh-huh. was Mr. Rowden. Mm-hmm. He's like doing Chabot stuff too now. Mm-hmm. And, oh, um, yeah, he's they're Real quick, they're doing a Once on This Island production coming up. Nice. And he's going to be the musical director. Mm-hmm. The musical director. Mm-hmm. And Margaret Hall is going to be the oh, director. Right. And Margaret Hall is going to direct it. Yes. That's wonderful. And so that. Wow. But going back. Um, <clears throat> wow. I kind of forgot what I was saying. No, we were talking about memorization process and, and the process and the yeah. fact yeah. that you were so disciplined. Yeah. So that wasn't ground by him because he, you know, he always was like on it he was super strict you know but Mm -hmm. it stayed with me and so over the years like as i when i was like plays is what i want to do act things i want to do or just being at the eight is want to do getting off book as soon as you get off the fastest the Mm -hmm. fastest Mm -hmm. get off book as fast as you can because then you could really have time to grow right and there's always time to grow but if you're holding the book as long as possible and you wait till last minute you won't get that full yeah i guess experience yeah you could have gotten you know yeah yeah yeah, that's absolutely right i wanted to ask you about that experience i mean did you learn i mean i'm sure there were things about the civil rights movement, James Baldwin, that you hadn't learned beforehand. And it's one of the thing, one of a wonderful thing about theater. Have you, have you noticed this, Norman? Every time you take on a new project, you get an education. It's almost like being in a classroom. Oh, <laughs> I had not read Great Expectations. And now, and I still haven't fully read it because mm-hmm. the director said, because we had a short process, the director said, you don't need to read the whole book. Skim through for your parts. And there are a couple of lines I have where... Mm-hmm. In context, they almost make no sense. When you put it in the context of the novel, suddenly, like I have one statement where the guy asked me, are you staying long? And I say, I can't say. Do you? Do you? And that doesn't follow, right? Mm-hmm. You ask me if I'm staying long and I say, can't stay. Do you? Mm-hmm. 
And in the novel, what I'm actually referring to is we're at a party. I'm bragging about this sweet young thing that I'm all up on right now. And finally, it comes out that it's the guy that Pip, the main character, loved, the w- woman that Pip loves. Mm-hmm. And he says, Estella, do you know her? And I'm like, of course I do. Do you? <laughs> and that's the context. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. so I can <clears throat> deliver that line now because mm-hmm. I understand. He says, are you staying long? Can't say. Mm-hmm. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a reason? You know, and, and you learn that. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy process. Yeah. yeah. And, and the education. I mean, what did you, I mean, if anything, what did you learn about, I guess, the civil rights movement, whatever, you know, after, from doing, I don't know if what you had learned before. Man, okay. You guys educated me. I, sad to say, I didn't know anything about James Baldwin, Richard Wright, um, all, uh, Ollie Harrington. Ollie Harrington. And there was one more. Chester uh, Hunt. Chester Hunt. I didn't know about any of them and so just knowing that james baldwin was uh, um a gay black man mm-hmm. and he was an activist right i had to do my own research as i was in the <clears throat> role mm-hmm. just so i could understand where is he coming from right but i'm young him so i'm before he was even he even right. had a He's name for himself exactly yeah. and so i'm like how do i how do i try to piece together what he was thinking and you know mm-hmm. and I did right. the best of my ability oh, and you, you found it man but thanks to you guys yeah thanks to you I mean <laughs> bravo first and first and foremost it's a wonderful story has so much heart and your directing was just out of this world well, and even you. teaching us how to um act in that space because I've never been in that space. It's a crazy a like ass use of space. And he, you the, did the, your The Douglas thing. Morrison Theater is, it's a bit of a thrust, but not fully. Mm-hmm. And yeah, your, your biggest scene, we put you right down in front of the audience yeah. and y'all had to climb out of a bed and go through a bedroom scene where I'm like, no, you can't go any farther than this because that's where we're going to put the light. Uh That's it. That's all you got. This is the room you're in. Uh So imagine there's a window over here. Imagine there's a door over here. Uh Yeah. And the intimacy that you guys had. I mean, Norman and I were talking earlier that there were like a couple of intimacy scenes that that Aceveda had with with Priya. Yeah, yeah. Also, an intimacy scene, although not you know sexually intimacy with um, with uh, Helena. Yes, you know the what I call the Disney scene. You know, right. it's like, yeah. you know we're gonna go to America and all that stuff. But they had is- they had some issues, and yeah. and but you and Joshua, you connected in such a way. It was wonderful. I mean, asking asking you, I don't, I don't even know how old you were back then, but uh, asking you to be nearly naked, <laughs> yeah, on stage, oh, yeah. and you did it. Man, I, I learned in theater just say yes, and that will open up a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities for you. Yeah, and I was so scared. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was I was I've never done that before. That was the first time I've ever mm-hmm. been like fully like vulnerable. Uh, and I tried to literally. be careful with it, but do you know now that there's a whole movement in theater to have intimacy? Exactly. I was co- going, yeah, yeah, I was getting into that. Go ahead. Maya Herbsman um, was somebody we interviewed, and uh, she is now one of the premier intimacy coaches in the Bay Area, probably beyond, too. I mean, there just aren't that many of them. So the same way a fight coach comes in and says, okay, so we'll, before we worry about you socking him, mm-hmm. let's find out what your skill level is. Let's create some safety. Mm-hmm. 
and let's build from there. Mm-hmm. And it's the same concept. And I knew about these ideas, so I tried to bring that in. So don't don't feel shy about <laughs> saying you know that it was uncomfortable or weird because mm-hmm. it is, and that's what those people are there for. I tried, like, I don't think I said anything to you guys about taking off clothes until, like, a day or two before we were getting to run through, you know, because I was like, I'm not trying to make y'all get up in your, I'm not going to take off mine. I mean, maybe that would actually make things better. We're all, everybody in the room, take off, take off your clothes, everybody down to your underwear. But I'm sure you read the script, because it was in the script even before. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, So I guess the question for you, and you can be as honest as possible, but um, did we do a good enough job in making sure that there was a comfort level? Oh, man. Okay. So so first, me and Josh, we had to have, uh, we like talked, but outside of it you know because we had a lot of rehearsals just going over the script back and forth so we can create the um the relationship and make it as real as possible yeah and so um since it was new to him he was like uh i don't know i'm kind of i don't know how to feel you know the kissing the you know he's i'm just it's new to me you know Mm -hmm. and so helena as well actually helped him and i kind of be okay you know Mm -hmm. and so once we did we're just like we're partners in this scene and we're helping bring the story Mm -hmm. to life yeah and so that the audience could really enjoy and get what yeah. You know, trying to emanate. You guys. I'm grateful for her then. Oh, man. No. And, yeah. and you guys also. I was never. After that. Because it was the beginning. So mm-hmm. after um, after we talked. Everything was just. Yeah. It was just like super calm. Yeah. Yeah. And you made it super easy. I was yeah. going to say. You did so amazing. I, I was really worried about it. Because I. You know. Having been. I've been on stage in just my underwear. Me too. And uh, in a gay show. Yeah. Um. And so me and this dude are supposed to be getting out of bed mm-hmm. and we are in tidy, you know, we are in little speedo kind of things because mm-hmm. it's it's for a gay. It was for Theater Rhino. And, you know, that audience wants to see they want to see what you got. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want people coming up to me talking to me afterwards. <laughs> but, but yeah, if yeah. your acting is strong enough, people f- kind of forget that's, that's what's going on. They see the vulnerability and they see the story mm. and the relationship. Mm. So that's where I was trying to go. Yeah. Exactly. And it, and the audience Perfectly. really felt it. I mean, there were some folks who felt like I talked to Richard Harder. He was like, oh, I felt uncomfortable with two, two men or whatever. Well, good. Like, well, how did you feel about, you know, Velvet and them? Oh, that was oh, great. Yeah, that was okay. Uh, yeah. But, of course, that's a heterosexual. Right. <laughs> For real. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, and I'm watching the time. We're 15 minutes, so I'm yeah, making yeah, sure. Because yeah. you got to run out the door. Uh, yeah, I, I got a matinee. Yeah. But, you know, James Baldwin, that scene, he talks about being both a gay man and a Christian. And James Baldwin talks about it in his books, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Is it If He Hollers, Let Him Go, where he talks about his background? No, that's uh, If He Hollers is uh, Chester Himes. That's Chester. I'm sorry. He talks, um, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Thank you. Go Tell It on the Mountain. He talks about his uh, church. If you haven't read that one, it's his first novel, Mm. and he talks about his upbringing and how before, when he was a teenager, he was preaching. Mm. And by the time he's like 17, he's kind of (laughs) done. 
Yeah. Wow. yeah. Because he's lived his life the way that his mother and his grandmother raised him to be. He wanted to be a good Christian boy and a Christian boy. Yeah. And of course, he had to leave to find his own identity. Yep. And really, the whole James Baldwin story is about, you know, finding his identity. And then he finds his voice and he says, you know what? I'm not, I'm not afraid to say who I am now. And not afraid to be Christian. That's, yes. Because he never seems to lose that identity. Exactly. He, he, you see him time and time again in re- interviews reference that in ownership, not yeah. distancing himself. Yeah. He has, in his own way, made space for himself within that belief system. Exactly. And it also helps when he comes back to America to be a part of the movement. To yeah. be oh, yeah. writing side by oh, side yeah. with King and Abernathy right. and writing for Time magazine. Folks going to throw, um, you know, scripture at you and you can throw it back at them. Exactly. You, people are going to stop and listen to you. That's true. And he reminds me so much of you because you also, just like James Baldwin, you also grew up in a church background. Yes. Uh, I do have a church. <clears throat> I was raised in a church with my mom. Um, mm-hmm. I was not forced to go as a lot of kids growing up this as in the same uh, yeah. setting as me will say they were forced to be in. Mm-hmm. I was not forced. I actually learned to love God myself mm-hmm. but i had to uh i also had to detach myself from the church i'm actually i'm actually a detach physically yeah but i'm still keeping in touch spiritually and reading my bible and it talking sounds like to somebody God else i know and praying yeah you can you can be a christian and not be a church member you yeah know? <laughs> but i'm also i'm bi- i'm bisexual i have a boyfriend um and mm-hmm. so i have there was a lot of time where I was fighting with myself right. and my religion yep. and what is wrong and what is right and what to do mm-hmm. and how can I live on myself and what does God think, you know? Yeah. And I just had to really... You just living like the apostles. That's all. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, Jesus' best friends were people who were drug addicts and um prostitutes and yeah. just you know he was he was he was friends with the ones who needed him you know right. the ones who were stuck in the muck you know yeah and i'm just like look jesus went through so much he was killed he was literally nailed on the cross right, for right, our right. sins and he yeah. did not sin right and so i'm like if he went through mm-hmm. so much yeah i should not expect to go through anything less. Oh. And whatever happens, you know. I wish more Christians had that attitude. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, oh. no, that just came, that came to me like literally three days ago as I was, uh. either three or two days ago as I was at work and mm-hmm. I was talking to someone. I was just like, you know what? I can't let things bother me as much as they were because I was for mm-hmm. a while letting a lot of things b- bother me. But growing yeah. up is realizing, you know, I'm young mm-hmm. and I have a lot to learn and I don't need to take things so personal. And yes, like it is rough. Like everyone's struggling. We are living in a yeah. dangerous world, but mm-hmm. also pay attention to the little things, pay attention to the positive things. You know, you don't always have to focus on the negative. And yeah, exactly. And getting back to Christianity, I mean, that is the, you know, the, the Christian is about struggle. Yes. <clears throat> it, it is really about, it is. is about taking on the pain, you know, the pain inflicted by others. Because the Jesus struggle, can do it, then we can do it too. Yeah. Because the struggle is what actually draws you closer to exactly. God or helps you get closer to God. I'm curious now, because as we finished Foreman in Paris, you kind of spent some time 
being you know by yourself um, away from things yeah you know um, I, I remember trying to reach out to you at one point to find out what was what oh, you were yeah. up to and you were and you were grappling with what you were grappling with yeah I was um actually so <laughs> for in Paris like I said open minds a lot it, it got me to learn a lot about myself and about my family and mm. in particular um there was someone, I'm not going to say who, but there was someone in my family who mm-hmm. I was close with. And um, they did not like that I was in that role. Oh. And uh. honestly, it is, for me, it was I just, it was a lot of processing. Like I said, sure. it was a lot of yeah. processing, a lot of uh, what to do, what to do. And I just had to realize, you know what? I love myself. I'm happy with myself. Um, the people who love me are happy with what yes. I do. Yes. And so for this person, you know what? I'm still going to love you. You know, I'm going to love you and you're going to be the way you are. And mm-hmm. if I have to love you for a distance, that'll be okay. And so I did for a time have to love from a distance. Yeah. But, um, good way of putting it. But you didn't regret. No. Oh, good, no, good, no. Good, 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 there was good. no regrets. For <laughs> okay. me, it was always processing. And if I couldn't process them, process something, mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything. I was just stuck. Mm. I was just like, Deer in the headlights, what to do, what to do, mm. literally. So um, I do apologize, though, for in that part, you know, because I feel like there, I always kept you guys in my hearts. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, when Reg, you reached out to me because um, when yeah. I shout, I gave a shout out to you guys because I was like, you know what? God yeah, was like, you need to do that. this. Yeah. He, literally, like, he put it on my heart. He's like, you need to, um, you just need to show your appreciation. You know, just show your appreciation. And I was like, Norman, Reg, Corinne, Linda, mm-hmm. Dove, like all mm-hmm. these people that have taught me and really helped me become who I am today, uh-huh. honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know, I need to just yeah. just do it. And yeah, no, no, I totally appreciate that. And of course, you know, if James Baldwin were alive, he would say thank you so much because <sighs> I think that you, you know, you gave credence to that role. And of course, that's why yeah. you won the award. And asking actors, and I'm mindful now we're at seven minutes, so okay. I don't want to roll, yeah, <laughs> roll yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it, I, it, it reminds me as a, uh, I'm sure you as a director, mm-hmm. we ask actors, we give them a script and we say, hey, we want to cast you and we're going to put you on the stage. Right. And we don't have a... An understanding of how exposed you can be as an actor on that stage when the lights hit you, mm. and a director say, "I want you to well, do this and do that or whatever." I mean, we, you have we to understand sh- it, but you say it constantly. You know that theater can be therapeutic, but not therapy. Right. Mm. Um, I can't take on that responsibility, but I can have the awareness that folks are going to have feelings. Yes. And I need to make space for that. Mm. I don't think you need to apologize, and I'll tell you why. I do counseling work. And one of the things that comes up in my counseling work is one of the coolest <clears throat> concepts I was given was to take ownership. When you are beefing with somebody, when you're not on the same page with somebody, rather than trying to measure where they are falling short from your perspective, mm. to take it the other direction and going, what am I doing? Mm. It's my fault. What is my fault? And to own that. And I learned that a long time ago because um, I had a director. I had hired a theater artist as a director for a show with Oakland Public Theater. And all of a sudden, he got an offer from a big theater company. And he was like, I got to take this. You're going to pay me this little stipend. These people are going to pay me at least that much every week. 
I gotta go. (laughs) And I wrote him a letter, very angry, professional, I thought, formal letter saying, I can't believe you did that to me, blah, 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 blah. Well, when I moved, I found this letter. And I was like, wow, I was really full of myself. Like, I'm this tiny little theater company (laughs) trying to tell this man, don't go out and make a living because you owe me something. No, that's bullshit, you know? Um, And I, looking back on it, I realized he did communicate to me as well as he could what was going on. He was respectful. I just didn't want to hear it. Mm. And I'm like, oh. So anytime I get my feelings hurt, I try to remember that and go, wait a minute, Norman, how much is this about you and your feelings and not about the situation? Mm. Yeah. You know, we're always going to reach out to people. People got lives. People are busy. People are dealing with their own stuff. Mm -hmm. It may not be the right time. I have no, I do not apologize when somebody gets in touch with me and says, I've been trying to get in touch with you. I was busy. I'll, I'll list it for you if you want, but this is what I was doing. Yeah. Now, if you want to have the conversation, let's move forward. Yeah. If you just want to be hurt, that's yes. on you. Yes. Hey, you know what's interesting yes. to put a button on it? Uh, a lot mm. of folks, they think of theater as a job. It's like, okay, mm. I'm going to do the job, do the role, mm. get paid, zip, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Forget right. about community, forget about hugging and holding and forget about connecting with people. Right. I'm done. Yep. I'm on to my on the job. I feel kind of sad for folks like that. I mean, yes, theater is a business and you can't necessarily have a family for, you know, with every theater company. If I had a family with EastEnders, <laughs> with Off-Broadway West, with Central Works. Well, I would say you do, but it's like extended family. I don't know what my, I barely know what my brothers and sisters are doing. I don't know what my cousins and nephews and nieces are doing. I, I, right. You got a PhD? Wow, damn, when did you go to college? I, I, I thought you was a little kid. Man. Right, exactly. I but, remember you when you was this big. And when, right? Every time I tells you that story, you look at him like, Really? Seriously? When I was a toddler, that's your memory of me. Okay, then you didn't miss a whole lot. Yeah. But it it is nice when you can make a connection and the connection stays. And so I'm very proud that, I mean, I do hear from folks who, you know, who are like, uh, say, Shea Angelo and uh, and Barry and and all those guys. we're going to talk about in a minute. Ah, there we go. All righty. We are three minutes away from 11 o'clock, so we got to close it up. We can can roll over a few (laughs) minutes. uh... Okay. But no, this is wonderful. Let me ask you one last question, Curtis. Yes. Where do you see yourself in the future? I know that you're doing um, a chorus line, but as do you want to leave? Do you want to get into video? Do you want to do a YouTube channel thing? Do you want to go to Hollywood? Where, where do you want to, where do you see yourself? I always, I always leave room for, I always leave the most room for God to answer that mostly mm-hmm. um, wherever he leads me. But what I would like to do um, is possibly have my own theater company. Hey. If not mm-hmm. be a, big part of a theater company in some way Mm -hmm. to where um, I'm able to have opportunities for directors themselves and writers themselves Mm -hmm. and even actors, you know, like have my own space, Mm -hmm. like have my own, like my own theater and then like a dance studio connected to it. That's that's my vision. That is my vision Mm -hmm. for like a, I would say a 10 year, 15 year process. That's wonderful. Yeah. It probably will take longer, uh, yep. depending on how things work out. But mm-hmm. um, while I'm doing that, acting will be the main thing I'm doing. Because mm-hmm. for me, acting is life. It's mm-hmm. not a job. Right. It's my life. So 
that is probably what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, and you're at a good start. I mean, you, we talked about Kim Donovan. She reached out to you, and so yes. you'll be working on some projects with her. Nice. Hopefully. Um, like I said, I have to audition. <clears throat> I, we still have to audition. I submitted my um, stuff. The Scottsboro Boys. Scottsboro yeah, Boys she's working on this. You um, know, I know. Scottsboro I'm, I'm Boys. supposed to be. I, I sent in a audition piece, and, and oh, I ain't heard nothing. I'm like, okay. That's exciting. Yeah, she um she she told me that they uh, put a pause on anything that was happening in December. Oh, okay. And that auditions pick up in January, and they're still reaching out Hallelujah. to people. Yeah, because I wanted to be a part of it, and I wasn't oh, able to audition. The for role the that I'm supposed to audition for, I I was in the middle of learning three dialects, British dialects. I was like, I can't, I can't even. I listened to the song and went, Wow, I could totally do this song. I need some time. Uh-huh. So, yay. Yeah, there no, you go. That's very cool. So yeah, so yeah, so you got a lot of things on the fire, and I'm sure you know more people will be reaching out mm-hmm. for you. So yeah. that's awesome. Alrighty, birthdays, shoutouts, birthday shoutouts, uh, and because we've been a while, I got quite the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, today, I believe, is Lisa Dostova's birthday. Um, somebody I've known from Bay Area Theater. She used to be a reviewer. That's how I first met her, and then she let that go and started actually making theater and performing and directing and she hired me for what I will say is the beginning of my current career this phase of my career where I'm playing characters that I would never guess to be playing mm-hmm. so if you know the Sopranos yes um, James Galdafini mm-hmm. the, the head of the family he originated the role at least in America of God of Carnage the role of Michael I get cast in this role. I'm trying to figure out how to make sense of it. And I look at that on the front page, you know, the, the list of the first cast. And I'm like, oh, that helps me not at all. I can't be that. <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, so I just love that she trusted me that much to give yeah. me that. Uh, Joe Ayers is um, a local actor that I know from my Each One Reach One days, which it's hard for me to believe those are over, but I think they are. I don't think I'm going back. Mm. The organization has really changed. Um, yeah. We would go into juvenile hall and teach playwriting. Oh, wow. Um, so I met him through that. Clark Soprinowitz, I hope I pronounced his name right, is a local composer. I got to do um, a concert reading of Ariadne. They did this beautiful story about that, the myth of the Minotaur. And I played, um, I, I didn't know this was like one of the characters I've always wanted to do, but um, what's his name? Icarus. Ooh, Icarus Pre. Pre-flight, I, I got to play Icarus. That oh, was wow, very that's cool. exciting. Um, Lisa, Liza, Liza, Liza Raynal is somebody I met as a student teacher, and now she is, I think, the vice principal of a middle school, so yay. Um, and this is connected to, um, I do this teaching work every spring. They just got in touch with me about the spring, um, where we take Ashland season we take the shows that the kids are going to go see at the end of the school year, and we turn them into little projects with the students, seventh graders. So I've been doing that for over 20 years. Kobe Apple Bernstein is my current, oh, we gave him a title, um, development liaison. He's working on this James Baldwin project that we didn't really get to talk about, so we will have to talk about it off mic. Um, anyway, um, he's somebody I've known since he was a teenager or younger. And I've watched him grow up and then go away to college and then come back. And I'm like, dude, we got to work together. And he actually worked with Reg and I last year on uh, the Zoom reading of Maddie May. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Monroe Bishomp, Bishomp, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's got a unique spelling. Mm-hmm. Um, Monroe is somebody I met through karaoke. 
And then he got interested. He, he would always come and, Norman, you're an actor, right? Are you doing any film work? I'm doing film work. <coughs> I was like, I'm not doing much. He started doing like extra work and stuff in films, got very excited about it, mm-hmm. and is now on, I think he is still on the board at the Maskers Theater up in Point Richmond, and got me in so that next fall, August, I will be directing um, Judith Offers, who we've had on the show. Judith, that's right. Yeah, Judith Offers, Compared to What, which, you know, I can talk to you about as well. Um, that'll be happening hopefully in August. And um, he was the one who recommended me and got me in there. So speaking of, speaking of film, John Tracy, uh, someone that you brought in, he yeah. directed a film, What's in a Name, selected by the London Liftoff Film Festival. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Michael Gene Sullivan is a Bay Area stalwart. If you don't know who Michael Gene Sullivan is, you've never seen a Mime Troop show in the last 20 years. Um, he's had a huge year with um, his 1984 being picked up and produced around the world his adaptation of 1984 and he just uh, had a show and I cannot think of the name of it right now The, uh, the Great Con I think it was called that was at a SF Playhouse oh yes I remember that yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah just just closed Benton Green was um, an actor I got to work with when I was working with uh, Thick Description in San Francisco he's gone on to New York he keeps working as an actor and so you can see his face pop up every now and then in film and TV Howard Swain I am working currently with Julian Lopez Marias, and he is one of the, like, if you do anything in Shakespeare in the Bay Area and you don't know who Julian is, you do not know your Shakespeare, your Bay Area Shakespeare. The man has just been an architect of it. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to get him on. We got to get him on. I know. We got to get him on. Howard Swain is somebody of his generation. I got to do The Tempest with him, and then I got to do Lobby Hero, which is a wonderful contemporary play. Um, and Howard is of that generation. Like, if you flip through the um, the original plays of Sam Shepard, the original productions, Howard is one of the names that will pop up. Mm. I'm like, holy fuck. That's, that's one of our Bay Area gems. Howard's birthday is coming up this week. I'm going to skip a couple of names because I think you've got them. Uh, Vieira Wilde. Um, is an actress who was in the South Bay and director and um, producer. And it's funny because I don't think we ever actually got to work together, but we kept trying. We kept mm-hmm. seeing each other and talking. Um, so Sylvia Crattens is oh, a... Yeah. There we go. You know Sylvia? Oh, yeah. Okay. Of, uh, no, of uh, Central Works, and she's done that, and also Off-Broadway West. Nice! Yeah. Yay! Her birthday's this week. Yeah. Eleanor Wright, I'm almost done. Mm-hmm. Eleanor Wright is, um, uh, I know her as a director with um, with uh, Playground, um, but I think she's also an actor as well, and she really helped me out a couple of years ago when I was looking for a script for my students, <laughs> and she just gave me the script. I was so happy. <laughs> Claudia Rosa is somebody I've known for a long time. So we worked together at Central Works. Um, and then like a decade later, she got to come into the Each One Reach One family. And as the organization was about to shift and they were looking for other people to become lead teachers, I'm like, Claudia, you should use Claudia. She's amazing. And the last one I have is Davi Cohen, who I've never actually worked with, but met her through an actor. You know how you meet people and you start going, oh, who are you? And then you find out, wow, this person has this whole career that you were just completely unaware of. So that's my list of birthday kids for the week. Yes. All right. And my list, uh, Julie Coabara, we had her on along with her husband, Chuck Laxon. Yep. Uh, her birthday will be two days from now. A wonderful a comedy actress, of course, an ex-Bindle stiffer. Mm. Uh, on the 14th, we have Shay Angelo Aceveda. Yep. Our, um, I knew our, you'd have that one. <clears throat> 
Who do you play? Himes. Chester, <laughs> oh, Chester Himes. Himes. Beautifully. Yeah, beautifully. And also, he's doing a lot of. Uh, he's gotten more into. Um, uh, he has a band. And oh, he does yay. like um, yeah, because he writes the blues music, and all yeah. that that sort of stuff. So his birthday is on the fourteenth. Mm-hmm. Also on the fourteenth, Jerome Gentes. Yep, he is actually our very first guest on the Yay. Oh, oh wow, <laughs> that's exciting. He kicked it off, and uh, he is a writer, uh, a former member of is it uh, it's play, musical cafe slash play cafe. Oh, okay. He helped uh, organize that. Also on the fourteenth, Michael Greeley. Yeah, uh, one of your favorites. Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> She's I will a, never forget Michaela. Michaela he, was yeah. Early in my career, I fell in love with Michaela. And yeah, no, she's a devastating beauty, and uh, she was... Uh, 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 just an amazing actor. Yeah, an amazing <laughs> actress, and she was a member of um, East Enders Repertory Company. Yep. That's how I know her. Uh, let's see, Doris Renee Bumpus. Her birthday is on the 15th. She's a wonderful black actress and singer. Uh, I remember working with her, or at least working around her. We didn't work mm-hmm. on a top project together, but we were part of the musical cafe. Mm-hmm. And so she's been involved in that. Also on the 15th, Elizabeth Curtis. Mm-hmm. She was a member. Uh, she, I think, we also uh, uh, met on uh, during um, musical cafe. Mm-hmm. Also, I did um, a Civil War Christmas, and she was a part of that. Oh, nice. And we had her on uh, via Zoom on the A. Mm-hmm. Let's see, Dave Moshler. We had him on oh. December the sixteenth. He runs the Awesome Orchestra. And speaking <laughs> of which, Awesome Orchestra, they're having their last showcase on. I'm gotta find it. Uh, on December the twelfth, tomorrow. Where? <laughs> It'll be at uh, the end, it's the end of year concert. I've got a link. I'll I'll have the link posted. Up. Sure. Um, okay. But in any case, his birthday is on the sixteenth. You mentioned Sylvia Creighton's. Yep. Uh, let's see. And that's it. That's all that I have. Yeah. Shows. Of course, Great Expectations. That yeah. ends tomorrow. Uh, and two, then two shows today. Two shows today. Two o'clock, eight o'clock, and then two o'clock tomorrow, and then we call it a day. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Long run. Uh, also, Shoshana in December. That is a play about a, I believe it's a transgendered person celebrating Hanukkah. Oh. Uh, and that'll be at the Z Space. Mm-hmm. I think they have only one show. It's a reading. It's a reading. It's on mm-hmm. the 15th. Echo Yamamoto will be in that. Uh, Echo, uh, you know, it's wonderful. Echo is using the yay to promote her stuff. I'll get a text from That's her great. every now and then yay. saying, hey, I'm no, in this I, thing. I Can you promote it? Would. Yeah, I please, please that. do. If you've got something going on, please text me, uh, email me, let me know, and, or Norman, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll pump it for you. Oh, yeah. A Christmas Carol, Central Rep Theater, um, they are, have been running that, oh. and that'll end on the 21st. And I think that may be uh, Robert Sicular. Maybe Scrooge. Yeah, I think so. And Terrence Smith is in that. We've had him oh, on. Nice. <laughs> Cinderella, the African-American Shakespeare Company, they are mm-hmm. doing theirs. They only have two shows, December the 18th oh, and the 19th. Yeah. Angel Adedukan, and we've had her on. She was the oh. fla- remember she was the uh, b- <clears throat> black woman with a very high voice, mm-hmm. called herself the uh, the flower. Uh, the <laughs> <laughs> but she is Cinderella, and she is just wonderful. She posted oh, a picture just a couple of uh, hours ago oh, that's in her dress, and mm-hmm. she looks like she's about to get married, and it's just yes. beautiful. Yeah. Into the Woods, Berkeley Playhouse. We've been talking about that. That ends December the twenty third. Anna Johan and Mara Sotelo is in that. The Hollow, we, that will be next year. Uh, mm-hmm. City Lights Theater will be doing that January the 20th through February the 
February the 20th. And Yumi Kabori, we've had her on, and she'll be doing that. Um, also, I'll just uh, punch a couple of other uh, podcasts that are going on. So don't just listen to the yay, but also Barry Graves, our Richard Wright. Mm-hmm. He yeah. has a podcast out called The Black Man's Heart. So check that out. Mm-hmm. Mallory Samara has a podcast, Connect the Dots. That's our uh, consulting producer. Her day job is sure. KCBS. And so she's doing that. Also, Bindlestiff has the FOBcast, Filipino American Immigrant Stories. Mm-hmm. So um, we can talk, we, you and know, listen Central to that as well. Uh, Central Works, you know, they've talked about having a podcast, but I haven't seen um, yeah. anything about that. Okay. Any case, Curtis, CJ, yes. hi, did you enjoy the show? I enjoyed it. It was amazing. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thanks for <laughs> having me. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. And also, uh, it's not too late to buy jerseys. We've got jerseys, and yeah. Kim Donovan has one, and... Um, uh, John Hutchinson, we we post. I love the t- photos. Yes, <laughs> every time someone has a photo, or you know, I think Kim is a little too shy. She doesn't want to post a picture of her uh, with the uh, thing. But but she wants she bought it. Jerseys, yeah, we've got it right there Ooh. on the t- on table there. Oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so support the team, support the theater Yay, community. Team. That's exciting. It's a uh, thirty bucks. You know, you can Venmo it to me, or however you want to give it to me. But um, oh, it'll be a you. great thing. I got you. We've got it white, <laughs> pink stripes, and black. Yes. I'm getting a jersey. I love jerseys. I'm getting a jersey just yeah. like. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. No problem. All right. We got to get out of here because you got to run. Yeah, I got to. <laughs> we want to thank everyone for watch, listening to The Yay. Uh, we're on all podcast apps. We're on the uh, Spotify app. We're on that purple podcast app if you listen, if you have an iPhone or an iPad. Mm. If you're an Android user, you can use the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com. VA was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our official Twitter feed is the Yay 3. I'm at Red Space Clay. And I'm at Who's Your Hoosier. And uh, Curtis, I know you have a uh, Twitter, um, Instagram thing. But it's the CJ Manning 17. There you go. I'll follow back. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and follow CJ on that. And if you're a, uh, an, uh, a, a director or a company that's looking for a young budding actor, you can't go wrong with CJ. Oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. That is it. Thank you so much. Enjoy your Saturday. Happy holidays, everybody. And as Norman and I always say, we got to find, find a better, better sign off. off. And yeah. we <laughs> are <laughs> out. Out.